Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on it. Best episode ever of M4G Radio, episode 650, and why not be a good round even number for this special occasion? This is for the week of May 3rd, 2021, and on the show this week we have Anthony. That's right, start at the bottom. We have the Wombat. Yep. And we have Gambus Khan. Greetings, programs. Goddamn right. That's not a that's not a pre-recorded <laughs> message. Goddamn right. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everybody? Woo! This will be our most trafficked episode in a year since the last time you were on. Uh, I've been listening to the show. It's uh, it's 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 been great. I I, I it's st- it's still the best video game podcast. I mean, I I've listened to a few other podcasts. I, I listen to podcasts all the time, but uh, the the other few uh, video game podcasts I listen to, <laughs> I mean they're they're great and all, but this this is where I feel like I feel like I'm among friends. Even even just just by listening to the show, I, I feel like I'm among friends. Well, you know, you are always welcome, and everybody on the planet that listens to the show would prefer you to be on every week. Why, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I I got a job that sometimes uh, works quite often. So, all good. Well, we're going to enjoy the time we have with you today. So, whew, let's talk about some video games. I'll I'll start with you, Mister Khan. I know you're probably not going to go through every game you played over the last year, but can you can you give us a little bit of what you have been playing recently? Uh, yeah, two words. <laughs> Well, three words. Monster Hunter Rise. Well, there it is. Um it's uh I I I'm absolutely in love with this game. It's uh, uh I don't know if I would say it's better than World, but I, I would say that at the very least it is just as good as Monster Hunter World. Um uh there are a few uh quality of life um uh, advantages to this game. Uh, I like using the, uh, they, they've introduced a, a, a dog um, for those are of the non-initiated into this, into this game. They, there's dogs now that you can, that you can ride. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I know Drew talked about this last week, but I still laugh every time somebody says you can ride a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it's, it it is awesome. I mean, I mean, you you're you're like you're like on the dog, and you're literally running probably 
double the speed of a full-on sprint with just a regular character. So, and if anybody has played the past games, you know, when you sprint, you're using up uh, stamina uh, the whole time. So you can't really sprint that much. So now you have a dog that's probably twice as fast as a sprint. And there's absolutely no depletion of stamina. So you can just you can just fly through the map area um, from uh, one side to the other in a pretty quick time. And uh, it's really fun. Uh, you can even attack with the dog as you're on it. Well, I would hope so. But the real question yeah. is, can you pet the dog? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can. It's all that matters. Yeah, and uh, it's... It, it, it is so good. It is so good. I have played a lot of, uh, I played a lot of multiplayer, um, a lot of, uh, random, random multiplayer. I'll just jump into somebody else's game. Uh, if they don't have a full four player party, I'll jump in and help out and, uh, reap some of the rewards and, uh, um, advance quite a bit that way um as a matter of fact i i think i'm about 35 hours into it and i just just yesterday reached a high rank um in the game because a lot of the random multiplayer games i would jump into they would be still fighting some of the earlier monsters so i didn't advance quite as quickly is a lot of people have in the, in the same amount of time put into the game, but uh, just just the other day they've actually added a free free DLC update, um, which added uh, four new monsters and uh, a whole list of uh, a bunch of little tweaks and improvements throughout the game, and a little little bit of extras and little cool things. Uh, they lifted the level cap or the hunter rank cap from level seven. And now evidently you can go all the way up to uh hunter rank 999. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. Um, uh, I my main weapon that I use is the lance. And um uh, back in the past um I would I would usually pick something uh quick like uh dual blades is a quick weapon, uh long sword, uh sword and shield. Those were uh those were weapons that kind of made you feel like you were in a more of a uh traditional action game. But I was always kind of like, eh, these big weapons, they, they move real slow, and they're real clunky, and they're real lame. But in Monster Hunter World, um, I started using the Lance. And it is a little bit of a clunkier weapon, um, a little bit bulky. But then I, uh, I discovered the, uh, the Lance dash move. Where your character literally sprints forward with the lance, and uh, and it, it kind of opened my eyes to that particular weapon, to where it's like I can actually cover quite a bit of ground with this uh, with this move, and 
I can also be attacking the enemy at the exact same time that I'm, that I'm on the move. And it actually added to the mobility of the weapon quite a bit. And uh, it actually made it real fun for me. So that's that's the weapon I've been I've been playing mainly so far. I mean, I think I've only tried I've only tried two other weapons so far in the game: sword and shield, and the great sword. A great sword is still kind of a clunky game, but uh, I I might return to it later. But I think I'm gonna. Uh, play with a little bit more sword and shield and I was also thinking about getting into uh, ranged weaponry Uh, I was thinking about maybe trying out the bow because in in some of my hunts I've noticed that some of the some of the bow players are just like really awesome like they would like be shooting a whole bunch of arrows at one time, and and uh, it was really cool. Um, I know that you're not a fan of the series Zero. <laughs> I've tried, I've tried but many times. I would. How about this? If you if you gave Monster Hunter World a shot, I will be your sensei. Well, I did give Monster Hunter World a shot. This is Rise, right? Rise. Yeah, yeah, Rise. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I tried World, and I mean, it's fine. And then I got kind of frustrated. I especially got frustrated with the multiplayer because, like, if you try to join somebody's game, like, if they haven't seen the cutscene, you got to sit there and wait on them to watch it. And it just... Yeah. it's It was really clunky. But I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's... It's a game that it, just by changing the weapon, it almost feels like you kind of almost have to almost have to relearn the game again just because of the depth of the weapon. But I feel that once you learn how to use a particular weapon, and I think everybody who plays the game, uh, I think there's like at least one or maybe two weapons that will actually click um, with probably any kind of action gamer i feel um it's kind of the whole gambit of if you want to play methodically or if you want to play it um much more of a traditional action game uh i i feel like the the wide amount of weapons the the 14 different weapon types i feel like there's i think there's something for for everybody pretty much um and and it is kind of a it is a commitment uh, to learn all the little like little systems of the game, uh, I was actually thinking about trying to get my wife into it, but she she told me right off the bat <laughs> that just the uh, just the item menu alone like turns her off on wanting to learn how to play a game like that, and I was just kind of like uh, fair fair enough so. Yeah, those games are definitely overwhelming for people who don't play games, and even for some people that play games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, but, but I mean, I'll I'll will say this, and I've said this with the last the, with World. Um, it seems like with each game, they they itch inch a little bit closer to uh, being like much more accessible than, than the last one before it. 
And I feel like Rise with like the addition of the uh the rideable dogs and uh and the the silk the silk wire um traveling um I feel like it's uh it, it definitely feels much more of a like a straight up action y game. Even even more so than world. Yeah, my my son loves Monster Hunter World, so eventually we'll have to pick up Rise. Dude, are you going to jump in on it, Ryan? I, I'm going to. Yeah, I haven't yet, but I, I do plan to. Oh man, it's 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 fantastic. Well, is there uh, anything else, or is that uh, is that kind of been your your main go to? Yeah, that's that's been my main go to. I actually uh, a couple weeks ago also picked up another game um, that I that I have yet to play, but I remember uh, you talking about it, uh, Ryan, and I think uh, uh, Anthony mentioned it as well. Is uh, Undertale? Oh yeah, my oh, son yeah. loves Undertale. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the physical copy of it at uh, Best Buy, and I was like, "Oh, Undertale, sweet!" So I I'm I'm a proponent to uh, uh, physical copies. Um, I'll I'll buy. I don't mind buying digital copies, but, but usually uh, buying a digital version of a game is is pretty much like my my light last resort of how I. Uh, Especially considering lately, of like certain things that have been happening specifically with Sony, where it's just kind of like eh, I think I'll uh, I think I'll still mainly get physical copies for the time being. So, but yeah, that's pretty much been uh, my uh, my fondling lately. So, my long overdue fondling. <laughs> It only took a year to get here, but we'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Um, I'm going to hop over to Anthony because I know you got a big one to talk about. I don't know how much you can talk about how much you've played it so far, but what else you got going yeah, on? Yeah. So um, this week's been a week from hell because my car broke down. So uh, finding time to play video games uh, between five kilometer walks is uh, from to and from the repair place. <laughs> This has been uh, fun. Um, I haven't played too too much. I've played more Shadow Man. I, I man, uh, I think at this point, seeing as how I've played it before, uh, I'm ready to write the review, even though I'm not done. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't know how much more wandering I can do before like the point sets in. <laughs> that man, the memory of this game is far more concise than the actual game itself. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's very much, uh, it's very much of the era. And, and the more I think about it, it's very much an acclaim game as well. Like, I don't think other publishers would have, would have done this. Like it's, it's, I, I can't even say, I hate the term, but I can't even say it's like a Metroidvania at this point that, this game is so uh, directionless. Um, now, I'm if I pull out my N64 copy, it gives me a map that has like the general locations of the items in the game. That doesn't really help me still because like 
there is a proper order to do everything, but you also have to collect enough Dark Souls to open certain doors. But those, uh, yeah, I, I love that game. I hate that game. It's a love-hate relationship uh, in its truest form. Um, what else have I done? Uh, before I talk about the thing, I, I've so not not necessarily what I've played, but what I've been doing. I changed the hard drives in my PS3s. I have one that's uh, custom firmware, and I have one that is like a slim standard model. And uh, I have been installing every game I own to the hard drive. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah. It's- it's a fun process. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, if you've ever downloaded anything on PlayStation Network, imagine <laughs> that, but with everything you own. Um, I'd rather not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, Including some of the games I've installed. Um, wow. Drew was not kidding. You were not kidding, Ken. Uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia looks like a PS2 game. Yep, it sure does. Holy shit. And I'm like, is it going to install or anything? Oh, no. Is it going to update? No. Nope. <laughs> Holy nope. shit. Because I got a package. I'm going to call it a care package from Drew of a bunch of stuff he didn't want anymore. And Included in those were the review copies of uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia. Those are like curses uh, we pass around between everybody. <laughs> I love that the uh, well, it's just the oddity of owning them. I think is funny enough because it it, it, <laughs> it lacks any character. It's just a silver disc with an aerial font on it that says Hyperdimension Neptunia. And then some of them on the clear packaging, which I didn't realize they came in, has that sticker that says, no no embargo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how we used to get games. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he sent me a, a bunch of stuff. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, including a Witcher 3 Gwent set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now I guess I have to learn how to play Gwent. Um, I, I start to wonder, speaking of those silver discs, I start to wonder, I, I know Rule of Rose is like one of those sought-after games, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a silver disc version of Rule of Rose. I wonder if that's worth anything. <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah, it's, probably. Sitting in, it's sitting in a binder somewhere, and every time I look, it doesn't even say the name of the game on it. It just says, uh, like, confidential, that, don't, does whatever. It, does it have the code on it? What code? Oh, the NT, the SCD, whatever. Code? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that on it. So, so uh, like that's that is an identifier that someone could put in and be like, yeah, that's Rule of Rose. Yep, I actually so. have a, a silver job as uh, as Ryan likes to call them of that one. <laughs> I um, I'm other than the ugh, the the kind of dirtiness of selling it. Um, I mean, yeah, because I'm sure there's a fan of that. Um. That game that is willing to double dip and buy that copy too. Yeah, I'm not going to sell it. I was just curious, but yeah, it's yeah. Um, uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to it. Pokemon Snap. I haven't played a lot of it. New Pokemon Snap. Yeah, it's it's so weird because like I I watch like the conversation of video games online, 
nobody is talking about this game. And I don't know if it's because Returnal came out the same day. Yeah, Returnal has definitely stolen the conversation. But I think I think part of the problem, um, and this is... I think people forgot this game came out. Yeah, Nintendo didn't really. They push hyped it, hard. it up when it got announced, and then the last time they've really talked about it, in my opinion, was the Pokemon Direct, and then that was months ago. Yeah. So, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Pokemon Snap on its surface level is a photography game, and I'm actually referring to the N64 version here. Um. The the game is on rails, so imagine kind of like a uh, on rail shooter, but you are shooting with a camera rather than a gun. And it starts off very simplistic. You go through, you take photos, and it's actually a little bit faster paced in this game in giving you new mechanics. So um, in the original, you you had to slowly earn your way into getting items that you could use to interact with the environment. At first, I think it's an apple that allows you to kind of lure Pokemon and they'll eat the apple and then you can get a better shot. Um, or you can hit them with the apple in the original, which was always great. Um, in this game, the first mechanic outside of the camera is this pulse sensor that allows you to detect odd things in the environment and Pokemon react to it. So if you're quick enough, you can send out that pulse. They'll make like a shocked face and you can turn and get that shot in. And I, what I think is the most impressive part of this game is the amount of customization for the controls. Um, you have a uh, zoom in option this time, which I can't recall being in the original maybe it is um and you can customize so you have like a cursor that moves around first and then you have the turn so you can actually use it all on one analog stick move the cursor and once the cursor is moved outside the center box the actual view starts to turn but if you use the right analog stick you can just turn automatically and you can actually customize the speed of your turning and the cursor. Um, I know that sounds minimal, but like in a game where it's all about capturing these moments, uh, that's extremely important. And so far, I haven't done it yet. Again, I really, when I say I'm not far in, I am not far in, but um, it appears that there's going to be different trails on the same course. So in the original, you if every time you did the beach, which is the first level in the original Pokemon Snap, it was the exact same line you traveled. And in this game, it appears that there's going to be different ways um, to go. And there's night versions of the stages, which makes sense if there's Pokemon that are going to be up more at night. And... I can't believe how quick it is to start leading you into the um, the puzzle mechanic, which is always what I liked um, in the original. Now, I don't know how much it gets to the point that the original game does, but it kind of is like setting up a game of mousetrap 
where you are trying to activate all these portions in order to get a specific shot. And already you I could see the elements of like, oh, I need to do this here to get this Pokemon's shot. Like, yeah, I can take a picture of it sleeping, but I'm going to need to wake it up um, to get the most amount of points. Because this game also is based around a point system that is clearly defined. It's not just like, yeah, the, I, this photo looks good, but it doesn't follow the criteria. Like it gives you the criteria that wants it as in an interesting pose, hopefully a good background. Are there other Pokemon in it? And how much of the frame does it fill? Um, the, the, the only weird part of it right now is that I chose English voice acting. There is English voice acting in it. But not all the text is voice acted. And like, I'd be okay with that if it was just like, you know, um, a quick, oh, you know, and then you read the rest of the text. But at times they will read every single word of the text. And other times it's just that sort of like quick, huh? And then you have to read the rest. And I'm like, that's a very odd decision. Because, like, clearly the voice actor did something for this moment, but didn't read the whole thing. It, it, it was just one of those, like, weird choices. But the game looks fantastic. And anyone that likes Pokemon was probably going to... That likes Pokemon outside of just the RPG um, will probably get this game already. But if you like photography... Because I was explaining this to a friend who's not as big into Pokemon, uh, but loves photography. I'm like... It's that, but it's it's made it into a game. And I can't think of, other than one other game, which is Umarangi Generation, um, That this is it. Like, Pokemon Snap is kind of the only game that really made photography into a game, not a simulator. Um, because I think even that PS3 game Africa, which I've never been able to play because it's super rare, was just kind of a photography simulator. What about those like creepy Japanese games? Hey, we don't talk about those. <laughs> uh, we talk about I, them I, all I, the I, time. What are you talking about? We don't. We don't have. Uh, we don't have the uh, expert here, anyways. <laughs> Fuck you, John. If you were here, I probably wouldn't have made that joke. Hoony <laughs> pop. Uh, um. Yeah. I. 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 I really love Pokemon Snap so far. Um. I don't know, there's just a joy I get out of seeing... So I don't even recognize some of these Pokemon, because clearly they're brand new. But seeing, like, a magic carp <laughs> in a lake that is clearly too shallow, just splashing around, brings me a, an odd sense of joy. Um, Badoof, which is like a beaver uh, Pokemon, making a dam, you know, these stupid looking pokemon like at work there's just it's something that ex like makes them feel like animals which unfortunately the games never really could do so um i i will have more to speak about that next next week uh as i go through but uh so far i i'm loving it i did turn off the motion controls though i you can spin around and use the actual motion of your switch to uh control the camera which is neat but not for me pokemon snap is an is an interesting thing for me because 
back in the day when we were getting these silver jobs, uh, the first game I got from Nintendo for review was Pokemon Snap. And back then, Nintendo would send you the cartridges, and then you had to send them back when you were done. <laughs> so the copy I got already had a save file on it, and I had to delete it to play through it. That was a weird time. And Nintendo was one of the hardest people to get review copies from. Now they're pretty easy. But like back then, if you got one, you were super special and you had to send it back. It was a weird thing. I don't think I did any more Nintendo stuff after that because it's, it's like, it's not that you just want the free stuff. It's just that it's a hassle to so have to get have it, to, yeah. play through it, and then send it back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I've been offered things like TVs and and stuff like that. They're like, "Well, you got to send it back." I'm like, "You know what? I'm good." Yeah. I just don't want to. I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to pack it up. You don't want it to get damaged because then it's your fucking fault. Yep. So, yep. No, thank you. I I don't. If, if anybody offers it, like Razor is one of those companies that'll send you like a laptop, but then you got to send it back. I'm like, I I'm good. I, I don't. The. The uh, I just I don't remember who maybe it was Giant Bomb when I listened to them, but I want to say that they did it for uh, somebody else too. Like they would bring it, Nintendo would bring in consoles. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, back in the day, and they, they would, would bring lock them, in. them to your desk. <laughs> yeah, and stand over you while you did it. And then... <laughs> it's such a weird, uh... it's such a weird thing, and I'm just like, no, I'm good. That's why I'm glad. That you know we've been able to we've been in this long enough that we saw the transition from like them sending things to you to just now hey here's an email with a twelve digit code in it which is so much better I I have to assume I have like one of the last silver jobs that the site got now with Natural Doctrine because it's a PS4 game oh absolutely we we got very few PS4 games like PS3 was the last big time of like physical copies. PS <laughs> PS4 and Xbox One was almost all 100% digital. Also, I see that you stuck Drew with the uh, NIS America games. Oh. Because like every single one <laughs> I have. I just mail them to him in a bulk package. Here's a bunch of NIST jobs. Mugen cells or M- Mugen cells. I don't know how to pronounce that one. Um, I don't know how many uh, people got the Bound for Blood disc. I don't even know where that's at now. I may have it. I don't remember. Uh, Bound for Blood? Yeah, that was on PS3 or PS4. I don't remember. The Bound for Blood. Bound by like, Flame? Yeah, that, no, sorry, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Drew had it. Yeah, and he sent it to me at one it. point, and I don't remember if I sent it off to some. I don't remember. No, no. I'm pretty sure you sent that to Drew. Maybe that's what it was. I don't remember. Because Drew had it to play for Phoenix Down during the year of the bad game where we all went, this game's alright. Yeah, that game's fine. And I want to say he might have sent that to Dustin? I don't know. Hard telling. Yeah. That that disc is a special disc that has been in multiple people's hands. It's, it's, yeah. And it's not a bad game either, so it's not like we're trading awfulness like <laughs> not I have spreading now. the hyper dimension neptunia around i'm going to play it now okay because I've, because not got i'm not i'm not saying i'm gonna play it all let's make that clear i have to play some of it i was trying to get to the point where i could actually see gameplay footage of like actually the game would start up and boy they just ch- chatted yeah they talk a lot 
That was the and game. The amount- that was the game that got popular because initially, it was like every girl in the game represented one of the consoles. Yeah, I'm assuming they strayed away from that. Yeah, they got away from that because they were like you were even color coded. So like the Xbox yeah, one was green. There was and... a Sega logo. Yeah, one of the girls was Sega. Like... One of them was PlayStation. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, it's still weird, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know the Japanese games, man. Like I know I joke about the Switch store being bad, <clears throat> but yes, I was on the PlayStation was. store this week. Oh my, that's gotten equally as horny. I don't know what's going on out there, man. It's the pandemic. Let's let's blame the pandemic. <laughs> Everybody's stuck at home, so let's play some of these games. <laughs> Oof. All right. Uh, anything else? No, that's it for me. All right, Wombat, you're up. All right. Whoa. So... Oh, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, no, you just like come in real loud. Hello! Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have played this week a couple different things. Um uh, Jacob really wanted to watch me play uh Immortals Phoenix Rising. So I played a decent amount of that, probably three hours or so. I'm only six and a half hours in or so. Um I like that game. Some of the puzzles frustrate the shit out of me um, because they they decided they wanted to use like physics based puzzles uh, with like the balls rolling and all that stuff. But they didn't decide to put in sufficient guardrails to make sure that if you do what you're supposed to do, the balls go where they're supposed to go. Um, And so sometimes shit just like blows off to the side. Uh, There'll be like a little ramp or whatever that the ball is supposed to roll down. And then it hits like a a burst of air and gets shot up to the next level. And sometimes it just shoots off to the left or right and doesn't go where it's supposed to go, which is a little frustrating. But um, generally speaking, I like that game a lot. Um, So I'm, I'm sure we'll finish it. It'll probably just be one of those long haul games that I finish over the course of a year or so. Um, I also started playing Control, mm. uh, um, which I had not played previously. Um, and I'm I'm early in. Um, that game is weird. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I don't know. Again, I'm only like an hour in, so it's hard for me to comment on it much. But it's super like heavy-handed. Um. The dialogue's a little like uh, cheesy is the best way I can put it so far. Um, but again, I'm only an hour in, so I'm sure it gets better. Um, so I'll keep playing that and uh, see if I enjoy it while I'm waiting on uh, uh, the DLC for Valhalla to come out, which is, uh, I think, the 13th. Yeah, it got um, delayed, didn't it? Yeah, um, so that's that's the next big thing on my radar is uh, that first DLC for Valhalla. Um, in the interim, I may end up picking up Monster Hunter. Um, I've been thinking about it. I've been going back and forth about it, but um, yeah. I keep hearing such good things about it. And I know, like I said, that my son would like it too. So um, I may end up picking that up this week. Uh, but, you know, overall, it's relatively, I mean, with the exception, like I said, of the Assassin's Creed DLC coming up, it's pretty 
slim pickings for me uh, over the next couple months until uh, uh, Dark Alliance comes out. Are you going to bother with uh, the Mass Effect trilogy? Are you going to go through it again? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I I, I love those games, um, but I'm not generally the type of person that plays through games a second time. Um, and I, I don't know. There's just... I have I have my memories of those games that are perfectly crafted with, within my mind, and uh, I'm good without going back through them again. Maybe 30 years from now, <laughs> <laughs> but not not now. I'm I'm good without going back through them again. All right. Like I said, it's very rare that I ever go back and replay a game, especially an RPG like that. I mean especially from the last couple generations. Like I've gone back and replayed games from the SNES and uh, PlayStation one era. Um, but it's, it's pretty rare for me to go back to recent games. Um, so I tend to have a limited amount of time to play games and I'd rather use that time to experience stuff I haven't experienced before rather than play something I've already finished. Yeah, it makes sense. I like to revisit old games, but I find myself never actually finishing them again. Right. So, it's because I'll be playing through it. I'm like, I know what's going to happen. I know what to do. Yeah, and it so, story is so much. Um, like I, I am, I am the type of person that uh, story and setting and characters are much more uh, a part of the experience for me than even probably the gameplay is most of the time. Um, and so it's hard for me to go back through a really story driven game uh, when I already know what's going to happen. No, totally understand that. But yeah, so, so really, like I said, it's, it's, there's, there's not much until dark Alliance, which I am really, really looking forward to because I I love the series of books that um, that game is based on. So uh, I'm really, I'm jazzed up about that one for sure. Yeah. I watched some gameplay of that this weekend. It looked, uh, looked pretty good. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, I'll run through indie games first, and I'm going to talk about the demo, and then I'll talk about the game, the other game that seemed to be drawing everybody's attention this week. Uh, so I checked out Second Extinction. I don't know if anybody else booted this up since it was on Game Pass. Um, it feels very much like Left 4 Dead with dinosaurs, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it definitely feels early access because it is. Uh, there's definitely some weird things going on in there, but it, it it does feel a little more final than some early access games. It even has achievements, so like a lot of early access games don't have those. Um, it is definitely not a game you want to play by yourself. I tried to run a solo run and I stumbled into like a like, so basically the the way the game works is like oh it reminds me of Evolve, where like you start with your team in like a ship and then you're going to drop into a certain part of the map, because the entire map is just one big map. And each area is overrun um, with a certain amount of dinosaurs, and it's it's all real time. So, like, as players kill the dinosaurs or thin out uh, the amount of dinosaurs in an area, the, the area becomes more clear, allowing you to do the objectives. Um, but if you fall into, like, a really heavy populated area, you will just get smoked, like, super fast. So you kind of need to level up and have the right equipment um, to be able to tackle some of the harder areas. It's definitely fun with other people, but if you're going solo, this is definitely not the game for you, because this game will 
constantly beat you down, especially if you stumble into an area that you probably shouldn't be in. Um, but no, it feels good. Uh, the controls are a little wonky. Like it's got a little bit of like uh, acceleration ramp up on the on the aiming that I don't really care for. Uh, but again, it is early, so maybe I'll I'll revisit it when it gets a little closer to release. Uh, Anthony, I know you wanted this extra code, but I did check out Protocol. I don't know if you had a chance to play it. Or you just disappeared? Yeah, no, I'm here. I <laughs> realized I was muted too late. Um, yeah, no, I haven't had the time to play it, unfortunately. Okay, so that game is weird because it literally tells you right when you boot it up, it's like, hey, this game is going to put you into positions where the only option is death. Uh, to yeah, it's... To... it's kind of a joke game I've, I've heard enough about it where i wanted to play it yeah like and some of it is super interesting like a, a perfect example early on is you run into this like little robot ai thing and it's like if you break protocol you will be killed and the protocol is don't throw a snowball at the ai robot uh so of course i threw a snowball at the ai robot and it self-destructed a nuclear bomb so this game has a lot of that um one of the things that really kind of frustrated me is like, it's real fickle about, um, so like you can look around and interact with things in the environment. And sometimes when I would move my cursor over things, it just wouldn't rec it would like wouldn't register. And it was really frustrating, especially in the opening sequence where you're trapped in your escape pod and you're trying to grab, um, the fire extinguisher and like my character just would not grab it. So I don't know if that was the game fucking with me or if it was actually just like a glitch that it wouldn't let me grab it. So, um, But it is clever. It's kind of interesting. I don't know how much more I would get into it. Um, Armello, which we'll talk about later because one of the f- games with gold. I had never played this game, but it was on games with gold. So it's a I strategy download. game, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those hexagonal strategy games. I deleted yep. it as soon as the first battle came up. I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. every time I see the artwork for that game, I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. I'm like, the name sounds neat. Oh, yeah, that's that game. Yeah. Um, I tried a, a, the weekly tale of games without an invert option. Boris the Rocket. I booted it up, jumped into the game. It's a first-person game, and you can't invert controls, so I just deleted it. I just, I can't play that way. Uh, Angels with Scaly Wings is the Rattalaka Jam for the week. It is a text adventure with dragons. Uh, dragons with, with vests and ties. Nice. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't like text adventures that much outside of, like, the text adventure of Nier. Which I just did, by the way. I, I'm really getting into Replicant. Um, I, I I was never able to finish the 360 game because it, wow. there were so many problems with it. it yeah, I was un, I unable to finish this game because it's not great. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically what you could say. But uh, I am playing through Replicant, and I just did the Forest of the Myths, um, which was the text adventure, and I love near Replicant, but goddamn, is it a 360 game? Like, the fact that there's no fast travel makes that game probably five to ten yeah. times longer. And, than... and this game is has faster movement, that I'm pretty sure, than... Uh... Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is funny, because Vice actually mentions fast travel at one point in the game. Yep. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure there is a form of fastish travel, but it's like so late in the game that you go. I am just uh, like one of the most frustrating things is like when I was out in the desert and it was like, well, now you got to go back and see Popola, and I'm like, dude, that's like a four minute walk. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like you're only forgiven because you did this back then. Like, if you did this now, it's not cool. Yeah, no, I spent, like, I love the songs in this game, but I've heard them so many times now from having to run between point A and point B. Yeah, and I I think there's songs that are, like, I think the best songs in the Nier series, and I I realize there's only two games, but um, are from this game. But, boy, I think the soundtrack for Automata works better as a game. Yeah. soundtrack just I mean, because it's not nearly as um symphonic so it feels more like game music and that there's a reason why that is done you know um yeah because it, it, yeah you eventually get tired of hearing the field theme and all that stuff oh yeah the field theme like at this point i'm like oh i like this song and then like Two seconds later, I'm like, God, I've heard this so many times. <laughs> but Near Replicant feels like a blueprint for Automata, which is weird because Automata was a completely different developer. So that's also a weird thing. Yes, but it. Not a. Yes, it was a different developer, but the the kind of guy who was mapping everything out the same clearly. director yeah yeah well see i don't know if he was the director or the creative director and I, there is a difference sure but, but it's um, going to have his tones yeah. to it even if he's and, a creative director i mean i think they worked in the the bullet hell stuff a lot better in automata and the side scrolling bits in automata like the part where you're in Automata, where you're going through the factory um, with all the robots, and it's all side-scrolling, basically, until you get to the sort of center pegs, and then you're inside that, and you're through to the other side, and now you're doing the side-scrolling again. Um, I don't want to speak of that moment, because I think that moment's really important, so I'm not going to spoil anything in it, but um, yeah, it's a... uh, I don't know, just there's something... Like I, I feel like I'm overstating the importance of Nier, but it is such a unique experience that I'm certain at this point most of the listeners either have played or tired of hearing of. But it's it, it's just nothing like Nier in terms of the story it is telling. Like the the closest I can get to it in terms of like what the director, the creative director, Yokotaro is saying um, it, or doing is like Kojima-ish where there's a, a, a bigger story, but he's delivers these small moment to moment pieces of like different stories. Like he's trying, he's saying something, but he's also doing these small parts to keep you engaged. Um, and there he was playing around with game mechanics, albeit nowhere near as, <laughs> as as well done as Kojima did. Um, but, uh, you know, if you look at Death Stranding and you look at Nier, I feel like there's 
there's definitely parallels there. Um, and then I was saying to Drew, the only game I can think of that really uh, feels like, because um, he mentioned Al Shaddai, uh, which oh, is kind yes. of nearish. I love that um, game. And yeah. uh, I, I was saying like the anima games are very clearly. Oh, absolutely. Like there, there well. are times where I will confuse a moment that I had in anima as opposed to a moment I had in near there. They seem very inspired by near. Did you play, did you play the nameless chronicles? Is that the anima? second one? Yes. I played like the first couple hours. I did not get that nearly game, as far in that game. That game like in there's a, there's some certain moments uh explaining who the name is who's your who you're playing as um and I was like this is so much like a near sort of story that it's trying to tell now and just the way the enemies are and stuff yeah anyways um it, I feel like there's a it, there's definitely importance to near you'll never hear that about Drakengard that game is... <laughs> and there's like three of those <laughs> and none of them are great <laughs> It's amazing how many times they got to do a fucking Dragon Guard game. The first one, woof. The second one, I don't know how they got it, and it's published by like Ubisoft with Square Enix. It's really weird. Um, and then the third game is, uh, wow, the third game <laughs> feels like a PS2 game, but it's a late PS3 game. <laughs> yeah, the Dragon Guard games are, they're something. But anyway. Um, I played War Dogs Red's Return, which is a 2D beat 'em up game with anthropomorphic animals, like dogs, and it's mostly dogs, like dogs beating each other up in the streets. It's not bad. Like it looks, like the icon for the game looks real bad, and you hear the name, and you're like, "This real bad." It's actually not, not a hateful little beat 'em up. Does one of them say, I have a bone to pick with you? Oh, probably. There's some bad dialogue in that game. <laughs> There's some bad, bad dialogue in that game. But anyway, all right, let's talk about the big boys. Uh, I played, so I downloaded the Resident Evil Time demo. I didn't know I was actually going to play it because it's like, this is only playable from 8 p.m. till 8.05 p.m. or some dumb shit. Fucking time demos. Yeah, that's stupid. But I did happen to be on my Xbox when I saw the tweet that the demo was live, so I booted it up. I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like, you know, performance-wise, and and what kind of just just a taste because I don't want to play that game until I can play that game. And I will say that it is very very pretty. Uh, it runs fantastic on the series. Oh my goodness. With the ray tracing turned on, running, you know, on an OLED screen. Oh my goodness. That's a beautiful game. Um, and it feels like Resident Evil 7. A lot of item pickup, a lot of item management. Uh, the combat feels very similar. Um, there's definitely some fucking twisted shit going on in that game that I can't wait to unravel when it comes out. Uh, so... I'm really excited for that game. I cannot wait to play it, and I don't want the big lady to sip on me because I'm not a weirdo. Just going to put that out there. I didn't even play, because the demo's two sections. One of them is the castle, one of them is the village. I didn't even play the castle section. I played the village section. By the way, the demo's only an hour. So you can play for an hour. Or whatever. Alright, you want to talk about Returnal? I'll talk about Returnal. So, I didn't think we were going to get to talk about Returnal, because 
for some reason, we didn't get a code. We didn't get a code. We didn't get a code. Then Friday night, late Friday night, I got a code. So I was like, all right, let's let's boot this up. <sighs> so I heard, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal this because this is not mine. But I heard somebody describe this game perfectly after spending a few hours with it. This game feels like if PS1 era Cygnosis made a Metroidvania that was a roguelike. Mm. So like first off it's Housemark. Is it Housemark or is it House Marquee? I I don't anybody know how to say that properly? It's Housemark. Marquee would have two E's. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's Housemark. Alright, so Housemark, um, known for a lot of arcade shooters, you know, Resogun, um then they do Alien Nation, they also did um what were those two last ones they did on the PS4? Oh my god. Um, there's Resogun? No, no, no. There's two that they did recently oh, on... Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm on there. I was trying to see. Uh, there's Next Machina. Yeah, Next Machina is a good and one. And Matterfall. Matterfall. Those are the two they did recently. And it feels like a lot of Next Machina is in is in Returnal. Um, it is very much a third-person shooter where the enemies are kind of bullet-helling, you know, shooting like tons of projectiles and spread patterns, very easy to see. Um, the shooting, the movement, everything in this game feels so sublime. Like playing this game is a pure joy. Like this game feels fantastic. It's it's one of those games that it really nails that five seconds of fun kind of um, like design design decision like it just it just feels so good to play and it's like everything like when you die you're like oh well i fucked that up because i wasn't paying attention or you know i got sloppy or i didn't do this proper movement correctly um and it's it's like it has the metroidvania elements where eventually you'll find things like a sword that allows you to open up new areas there's a grappling hook that you can use to move between areas um there's a teleport system that you can uh used to move between areas of each biome. Each biome is kind of its own design and style. It's got its own type of enemies. It's got its own kind of like uh, environmental layout. The map system reminds me a lot of Metroid Prime where it's like the 3D map where you can see doors that you have been in, doors that you can access, doors that you can't access, doors that you need keys for. Um, It's multi-layered so you can see when items are above and below. Everything about this game feels so good, and then you get to the roguelike part, which is going to make or break this game for a lot of people. So there's no secret this game is really hard. Like, there is a huge challenge to, you know, getting through this game. And every run that you go on is is randomly generated, so, like, the levels will change up. So the layout is not always going to be the same. Um, But it does carry over some things that you do. So for example, when you find certain keys, you can carry those between runs. So you can use those keys on doors in your next run. Um, You will find these like items that you can add to your guns, which will upgrade guns ability. So like firing rate or reload speed, which by the way, reload is active reload. It's called overload. Uh, your Your guns don't use bullets. So when you have to reload, if you stop the timer in the middle, you it automatically reloads. Um, 
there, there's a currency that you can carry over called Ether, but you can only carry so much of that Ether, and that Ether can be used to buy upgrades. Um, you can upgrade your suit, uh, so you can find these health packs, and when you get three of them, it gives you another you know, trinket of health, but that does not carry over. That's only on a run basis. So normally I get really frustrated when, you know, games are like that and you don't, you don't kind of continuously go, but I've really enjoyed just playing this game. Now the question is going to be how I feel five to 10 hours in, as opposed to the three to four hours in that I'm in now, because right now I'm, I've still only been in the first biome. Now, I know a lot of people have beat the game, you know, hardcore gamers out there beat it in the first try. They didn't even die on a boss because they're so fucking good. Um, but I've just been kind of taking my time going through, you know, I, I've made it to the first boss three times. He has beaten me all three times. The first time on his first life bar, the second time on his second life bar, and the third time on his third life bar. So I'm assuming next time I get to him, I'll beat him, you know, because I'm not a pro elite gamer. Um, but as you beat that boss... The cool thing is, is you get an ability from that boss that you get to keep. So think of it like Mega Man. So you get an ability from the first boss, but you will get to keep it and you don't have to fight him again on your next run. You can if you choose to, but you don't have to. Um, so I think the big thing with this game is, is how many times am I going to be still cool with playing through those opening moments of that game the longer it gets. The thing that has saved this game for me is that it is super fun to play. Like, I've had a ball every time I've played it. Like, I've I've done runs that have lasted five minutes, and I've done runs that have lasted an hour and a half. And I will tell you that when you die on an hour and a half run, it is really fucking deflating. <laughs> like, if you can imagine playing a game for an hour and a half... Welcome and... to roguelikes. <laughs> True, but most roguelikes don't have runs that are an hour and a half. Like this game seems to have longer runs than a lot of other games. The 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 a good roguelike should it should have runs that last. I think the only game that I think is really great that you'd really have to be stretching it is like Binding of Isaac, which most runs end at five or six levels like that's it um but there are longer runs of that where you're going through other um areas but like i think back to like playing um oh god what's it called there's uh rogue legacy which has like longer runs for sure i mean you can do them shorter if you don't want to go and get every but you're trying to collect the money in it so um I I just I think more than anything like I'm kind of jealous I don't have a PS5 not because this is the gameplay sounds like it's up my alley but it reminds me of Alien like the first one yeah there's and, a lot of really dark and like geeker tones and that is my jam and there's a really good story in here too like it's really intrigued me to find the logs it's intrigued me to um like decode the alien language to I'm sure you've seen it in the trailer, the house like I've been through the house a couple times and I'm like, oh, this is cool what is going on, you know like I say with every game of this type, I would fucking love a linear or not not necessarily linear, but a one shot through of this game, like not a start over after you die like I would love to play through this game from start to finish, like a continuation 
like Housemark has created a world and characters and a story that I am super invested in enough that I have replayed you know me in roguelikes I am three to four times through and I'm done like how many times do I have to restart this bullshit but this game so much of it is good that I have now played through like probably 10 or 15 runs and granted some of those are just me messing around um kind of exploring getting killed in a stupid way and some of them have been legitimate like I'm going to take my time, go through this, and then all shit, I died after an hour kind of runs. Did you play the Persistence? I did not. No. So the Persistence isn't... I only bring it up because it's a roguelike and it's it's kind of a different sort of take on it. What I liked about that is that... Yeah, it's deflating to, to lose or, or run in that because you lose everything. But what was neat was it was it, it, like as soon as you could activate a teleporter, you could just teleport straight to the next sort of set of floors. Um, and that was originally a VR game. Uh, not that I'm in any rush to get back in VR just because I'm worried about my vertigo uh, kicking back in. But um, I played that on the Xbox. And like I, I thought that was a pretty impressive take on a roguelike just because of there's not too many horror roguelikes that are like first person. So, um, that are good in my opinion. I'm sure there's a bunch of them that are there. Um, but, uh, that, that was a game where I'm like, Ken may like this. I don't know. You're so picky with roguelikes. So, I mean, there's like only two that I enjoy. So yeah. Yeah. I really like Returnal though. Um, I really think that, People are starved for games, and I think a lot of people are going to buy this not knowing what it is, and I think a lot of people are going to not be happy with what it is. Um, especially after you play it once, and you're like, God damn, I love the way this plays, because it plays so good. Like, this game feels so good. It looks amazing. Um, and then that first time you die and it starts over, you're like, oh, what happened? Did I forget to save? You know, like, that mentality of people because they don't know what a roguelike is. And, and I just wonder how this game will do in the long run because of that. I, and I will be interested to see how Housemark kind of handles it over time. Because I, I don't, you know, I am all for difficulty options and, and things like that for making games accessible. Obviously you want more people to play your game, but if this is the game that they want to make, I'm all for that too. It, it just may limit um, like how long I play it and how much people really, really kind of invest in it as a general rule, because I don't know. I think Hades and rogue legacy are the two besides binding of Isaac that have really hit like a mainstream success. As far as these types of games are concerned, like there, I mean, there's not a ton of them that make, yeah. Rogue legacy was, but even though, even those are not like, even those are not like big. They're just critical critical darlings. Well, yeah, Rogue Legacy was excellent. I love that game. Yeah. Rogue Legacy, I think, is probably the most popular. Um, and I say that because they handed that out for free at one point on PS Plus. Um, yes. So a lot of people played it just because it was the free game. And I think they had the best setup for it. Um, like, the way that you progress in that game is, is, I think, pretty clear. Unlike Binding of Isaac, which I think is an easier game to play a run of 
than um, uh, Rogue Legacy because Rogue Legacy isn't like there. There isn't like a kind of a set amount of time you spend in Rogue Legacy, unlike Binding of Isaac, where I feel like it's a pretty short uh, exploration of the area. Um, but Binding of Isaac is very cryptic with how you unlock new things and how you progress as a player through that. Um, Hades, Hades is so different when it comes to all that, which is the reason why I was kind of surprised you didn't like it, Ken, because it it knows what it is and it paces its story around the fact that you're going to die. And the fact that you can die, come back to the sort of main hub area and there's still more story for you and more dialogue based on how your run just went. It feels more natural than I think any of the others. I'm trying to think if there's anything that would have been big and like honestly you're right i don't think i can think of uh you know i guess somewhat uh no not really as i say dark cloud was kind of roguelike-ish um in a sense but you don't really lose anything on your your dives into the dungeon but even then are any of these games like I, i understand there's a difference between a critical darling and like a commercial success but outside of hades were any of the uh, Binding of Isaac is is fucking massive. I get it, but it also was sold for very little in the beginning. And Returnal was seventy dollars. We need to remember yeah. that. Yeah. And um, seventy dollars is a huge ask for a game that, if you'd never died, would take you what like three hours to beat. The 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 time comes from doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, and granted, there are people out there that love that shit, but there are people out there who also want the God of War 20-hour, the Horizon Zero Dawn 20-hour, you know, those kind of games, not like a repeatable, I'm going to do this first level, you know, 50 times kind of game. I, I By the way, I have your answer, and it's you're going to be like, uh, Toe Jam and Earl's probably the most... Well-known roguelike. It is. It's a roguelike. I understand that it's a roguelike, but I don't. I, I think it might have been the most well-known back then. But today, nobody. But for gives sure. But I, I mean, around. from any from any point in time, I'd say that's probably the most. You know, it's because Sega was trying to popular. sell it. Yeah. But I mean, like it is. It yeah. That that game is lovely for people that don't like roguelikes. That's a roguelike for you. Yeah. I like the I like the old Toe Jam and Earl, and I like Returnal. I do. I just wonder how I'm going to feel about it after ten to fifteen hours. I mean, that could be said about most games. But most games, I'm not playing the first level after ten to fifteen hours. You know, how much can I do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again before I kind of like? Okay. I don't know, Mister Overwatch. How? Can... <laughs> hey, that's a competitive shooter. It's a different story. Leave it alone. And besides, I don't begrudge anybody who wants to enjoy these games. It's just, man, I just wonder how much. I know the Sony audience. Come on. We've seen their boilerplate. Like, say what you want. The quality of those games is amazing. But. But they have it clearly structured. There's a structure to a Sony first party game. And I I, want to say it's probably because they. They don't. Not that I want to say they don't take risks, but they. They've risk. They've assessed the risks in a certain way that 
this is how these games should be done to get the most sales and most critical reception. Yeah, they're all about that Metacritic score. And like, hey, good for you. Like, I, I yeah, have no worked. complaints with that. It has worked. Just, so... Yeah, you're right. Like, how is this going to be taken? And I can tell you, Sony fanboys are all over it because they don't have anything else right now to scream over. Yeah, but... I, I don't want to get into the fanboy conversation because I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this and I'm gonna put it out there. If you, don't harass reviewers. Oh, if you sorry, if you have that. created a, a a Twitter image that has the review scores and you created that yourself, you're a douchebag. Because nobody gives a fuck. Like, like that doesn't change your enjoyment of the game. Also, if you hashtag the the marketing slogan, you are also a douchebag. Okay, stop stop treating these companies like fucking I don't even know. Stop advertising for free. Yeah, that's what you're I doing. Feel bad you're a about fucking it sometimes chill. when we talk about games that were given but then like That's the point the of them time, giving them I, to us is well, we're, we're you, supposed to be judging them. Yeah. You're right, but it's like sometimes like if I like a game and I got it for free, I do question like am I a shill? Um but then I look at something that I don't like and I know everybody's tired of hearing it, but like Disaster Report 4 I was excited for that game. I asked for that game and I was horribly disappointed. And it's like moments like that or, oh God, um, Ice Age Scratch Adventure, which is a game I have some weird fondness for, but it wasn't great. You know, I'm not really shilling for that product. Like I am enjoying things on a natural basis. It's just, it is a thing I think about and I get the game for free. These people are usually buying it. Like, why are you buying in? Like, don't hand them money, then advertise for them. What are you fucking crazy? People get paid for that. Don't do the job for free. If you're getting paid to do that stuff, good on you. Yeah, absolutely. And you put that little hashtag ad at the end of your tweet. That's fine. But if you're just that douchebag, you know how many returnal, like, square images on Twitter I've seen with all the review scores that are not from Housemark or Sony? And I'm like, I get it, it's a good game, but why did you create this image? I don't mean to soapbox, but like, you know, there's a reviewer who's like, it's a little weird in this day and age to hear Zeno on the front of everything. Oh, I saw that tweet. And like, yeah, there's some toxic people in this world that didn't like the fact that she brought that up. Um, She's, uh, I apologize, she's Native American. I don't know what the terminology is down. She'd be indigenous if she's Canadian. I think she's American though. Um, but uh, regardless, like, yeah, I feel like that was an interesting thing to bring up that I don't know if I would have brought up, but yeah, it is kind of weird in this day and age to hear that. Um, I think it's an obvious nod to alien mind you, which has got the xenomorph, but um, you know, it, it was a take and it was just, it was a minor take. And some sites and stuff ripped into her for it. And like, she, I'm pretty sure deleted her Twitter. And it's like, just, you know, it's fine if you like a game, but Jesus Christ. I mean, do you, and, and not to, not to just point out the, the PlayStation fanboys. Did you see the Xbox fanboy that took like the screenshot of a reflection of the character in Returnal and said, Oh my God, sub 720p. And I'm just like, dude, like what? Oh, like, wow. what? Yeah, it wasn't you... even just a reflection; it was a reflection that was then zoomed in on. Yeah, and it's like, 
well, what the fuck are you even doing? Like, why does this matter to you? I saw a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter this morning about that. Like, oh, this is Sony's Craig. Everybody look at Sony's Craig. It's like, what the fuck? Sony's Craig? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant our stupid bot. <laughs> no, no, not that Craig. Fuck Craig. Fuck Craig everywhere. Like, for real. Craig. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, Returnal is a very fun video game. I need to see. I need to play some more to see how I feel in the long run. All right. Alrighty then. It's no, we're not doing that shit. Stop it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. They don't even know we left. <laughs> they do now. Well, they do now. <laughs> I like to. I like to. I like to pull back the curtain every once yeah. in a while. And pee and. Shut up! I had two bottles of water before I started the show. Leave me alone. I, it's the only thing I need now in my office. Now I've got a refrigerator. I've got everything <laughs> else. I need a freaking toilet. That's what I need. Yeah. yeah. My wife joked about buying. She's like, "That's the next thing I'm gonna buy for your office is a toilet." I'm like, "Don't do that." All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about what's coming out this week. If you've got one of those fancy new consoles, we've got Chroma Qu- Quaternion, Quaternion, Quaternion. I don't fucking know. Uh, Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, and Resident Evil Village. And that's it, if you got them new consoles. If you got them old consoles, we've got the Colonists. Non-Guns, Doppelganger Edition. Skate City. Uh, as well as Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, and Resident Evil Village as well. Uh, for Xbox... Is any, anybody, anybody interested in that Hood game? Like, I know that it's coming out, and I have heard, like, no one being hyped about it at all. I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you. It's a 3v3 stealth multiplayer game. Yeah, so, right. So if if you're charging for that, in this day and age, how how hard is it going to be to get six people, or three people even? You know, like... I don't know, man. Yeah, it definitely feels like a game that should have been free. Or on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or something. Yeah. Speaking of Game Pass, I guess we could have talked about this in the news, but uh, hey, guess what? Square Enix is stealth dropping another game on Xbox Game Pass. This time it's Dragon Quest Builders 2. That's out nice. on Tuesday, I think. Uh, we've also got The Colonists, Doll Grey, uh, Skate City. I think that's it for... Those consoles. Oh, it's time for the Switch. There ain't that much. But boy, there are some games on here. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, Some of the stuff we've already mentioned. We've also got Cyber Cyber Hive, Raiden 4, X Mikado Remix, Techno Tanks, Total Arcade Racing, C14 Dating. (laughs) And finally, here's the one. You ready? You even have a guess as to what I'm gonna say? I don't even want to. I don't even want to try to guess. All right, we've got Poker Pretty Girls Battle Fantasy World Edition. Oh wow! So I saw Wait. this. I saw this game on the PlayStation Store. Don't look at this game on the PlayStation Store. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Pretty bad. It's. Man, people are horny. 
All right. Speaking of uh, new games, you want to know what your free games are if you have Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus? For Xbox Live Gold, you get Armello. You get Dungeons 3. It must be like the strategy game month for games with gold. Uh, For Xbox 360, you get Lego Batman and Tropico 4. Where's John when you need him for the Tropico scream? For PlayStation Plus, again... It just destroys games with gold, and there's only three games. Uh, for PlayStation Plus, you get Wreckfest, the PS5 version, which is a wonderful game. Uh, you get Battlefield Five for the PS4, as well as Stranded Deep. Three quality games. Maybe it's time for games with gold to go away. You think? I think. <sighs> As we mentioned, Dragon Quest Builders 2 coming to Game Pass this week. Also, I have seen a lot of conversation. So, Microsoft introduced the FPS Boost uh, a couple months back. Uh, You know, boosting up games on Series X to 60 and 120 frames a second. I have heard that the biggest drop is happening this week, and it is upwards of 70 games. Wow. That's a lot of games. Heck yeah, it is. I cannot wait to play a bunch of games at 60 or 120 frames a second. I think you mean, that's a lot of games! That's right. You want fries with that? (laughs) (laughs) Round up basement Taco Bell. I'm just a birdie, too. (laughs) Birdie. Birdie. Tiger. I watched that movie a few weeks ago. Still fucking good. It's. I feel like people wouldn't hate it. I feel like people wouldn't get it now. I don't know. It's not. I don't know, man. The the the. Because I feel like people would look at it and be like, "This is racist." No, it's not. This is making fun of the terrible dubbing (laughs) that used to happen, and that is all white people's. Oh, uh, an Xbox. Put in, sorry, the 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 purposely put like new footage that you'd record with just random dialogue. You can listen to the original <laughs> audio, and he's not saying anything that makes sense. I guess the best part, uh, the the I need Gopher Chuck scene. I think he's talking about his like underwear riding up. <laughs> We've taught him wrong as a joke. <laughs> I'm Betty. Oh, yeah. why don't you try your foot to my face style? <laughs> <laughs> Wind <Ooh>. low. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. Uh, an Xbox Series X and S, as well as a PS5 version of Jedi Fallen Order, is due out for release this summer. No word yet if it will be free. I enjoy Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, it was a good game. I won't go back and play it again, but I did enjoy it. I think I would boot it up to see it running at a high frame rate and then probably turn it off. But if you've never played that game, it is in Game Pass, and if it gets upgraded to like a higher frame rate or something and you get it for free and you've not played it, totally go fucking play that game. Yeah. So here's an interesting rumor that cropped out this week. So I don't, like, 
Jez Corden over at Windows Central has been like teasing the shit out of some games coming for the Xbox. Um, still nobody knows what the, the, the blue typhoon game is. Nobody knows what that is yet, but one of the games was apparently a fantasy RPG. And this week we got even more information is apparently it's being developed by IO interactive. Aren't they busy doing a James Bond game? They are doing a James Bond game, but from this report, uh, I guess they're building an exclusive fantasy RPG featuring dragons for the Xbox series X as well. It's apparently a pretty good ways out, so it's not like it's coming this fall or anything. So, yeah. Um, Halo Infinite details for PC includes cross-play, cross-progression, and ultra-wide monitor support. Sweet. It's funny that this would come from this, but you know that Apple and Epic and all that shit's going on in the courts and all that fun stuff over Fortnite? So yep. the court filing has actually leaked a few details about Microsoft and some exclusives and some sales numbers. So according to the court report, um, Epic is totally against bringing Fortnite to xCloud for obvious reasons. Uh, this report somehow has also shown that Stalker 2 is only exclusive to the Xbox for three months. Uh, it also showcased that 40% of Fortnite's revenue comes from the PlayStation 4, which is kind of crazy. Um, but probably the biggest news that came from this court filing is that Microsoft has considered... Um, they announced this week that their PC uh, revenue sharing is moving to the 8812, very similar to Epic Games. But in this report, supposedly they're talking about doing that with their console store as well. Which would be absolutely m- like mammoth, considering that the current split on all three major consoles is 70-30. So... Microsoft has, of course, denied this because it is not public knowledge or they have changed their minds or they're not ready to announce it, but there you go. Mm. I tell you what, if Microsoft started offering 8812 on the console side, I bet we'd see a lot more games on the Xbox. (laughs) That's a pretty good revenue split for developers, really. Um, I don't... There was a big Outriders patch this week. I have no idea what it did because I have not booted that game back up. I need to do that. I don't think I have anything else news-wise. I thought I did. But I clearly do not. So that's all the news. Unless anybody has anything else. No? No? Alright, there's no emails in the inbox. But the Twitter, how many of these are just retweets? I swear to God, we have no tweets, and they're all just retweets about Jason being How can y'all motherfuckers know this dude's coming on the show? <laughs> and you don't even ask him no questions. <laughs> no questions for me, huh? I swear, I've got 400 retweets and not one question. Jason, I got a question for you. Okay, shoot. What's your, mo- what's your most anticipated game for the rest of the year? That's a good question. Oh, um, hmm. 
I would I would like to say uh the next Metroid game, but that's that that's not going to be this year. <sighs> Fucking Nintendo. Yeah. They've been dangling uh, that Metroid Prime trilogy in my face for what now? 3 years? I know Anthony gets mad every time I bring up Metroid Prime trilogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I don't have an issue with Metroid Prime, but yeah, trilogy, I mean uh, my uncle works at fucking Nintendo type stuff. I mean, really, how many times have we heard that? Am I even denying that it could? Of course it could run, but I have seen no proof of that existing other than just people trying to manifest it into reality. Yeah. I'm um, one of those people, though. But you no, you're not. You're not going on and saying it's happening. Well, no, that, I'm not going online different... and making up fake rumors because yeah, I, well, I don't. That's, that's I don't need I'm the twi- I don't need the Twitter attention like some of these no. grifters out there well, do. That's... <laughs> grifters is a very good word to use. To I mean, there's so, there's people. so many fucking fanboy grifters out there. It just kills me. But yeah, no, I I agree with Metroid. I mean, at this point, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to be. Even is it going to be a first-person shooter? Is it going to feel more like the first game or the third game? Because the third game's very linear in comparison to the first. Third game is is okay. Yeah, that first game is a fucking masterpiece. And that second game is very weird. That second game, I do not care for. <laughs> I don't feel the same way about it as I do one, but I still like it. Um, Actually, I I got one game that that, uh, that uh, came to mind. It's uh, I, I don't even know the title of the game, but it's uh, it, the trailer of it came out last year. It's um, it's an action adventure game that uh, basically where you're the Monkey King. Oh yeah, oh, the yeah. Chinese game. Uh, Wu, Wu, yeah. What is it? Wukong. Wukong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that game looked really cool. Yeah, it does look awesome. There was a game announced this week for the PlayStation Four and Five out of the China Game Show. Um, was it called Lost Soul Aside? I didn't see that one. So I was curious because, like, I saw a bunch of I saw a bunch of chatter about it on Twitter, um, and I won't mention who was chattering about it because it'll kind of give away why they were chattering about it, but uh, I watched some gameplay of that. This fucking devil may cry. <laughs> like, it's like, like the dude even jumps like Dante. Oh, yeah. I do know this game. It's, um, I believe it's, like, one guy making it, too. I mean, if and... it's one guy, that's impressive, but it literally looks like Devil May Cry with the dude, with Dante in a black trench coat and white hair. Well, it's not... well there's that guy, and then the main character Noctis from Final Fantasy 15, which he admits that he was inspired by. I mean, that's not inspiration. That's 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 almost plagiarism. Mm-hmm. You're, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> but I want to say this was. It's probably not one guy anymore, but it was. I'm started by one guy like doing this because I remember this coming out around Final Fantasy 15. So I'm excited to see what it is. I watched like a 10 minute gameplay demo of it. And I was just like, wow, that is a straight fucking Devil May Cry. I mean, all he needs to say is flock off Featherface and we're in there. Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, um without audio, I'm I'm actually watching the the demo of it right now. 
And uh, yeah, I can uh, clearly see the uh, the devil may cry um, influence. Um, <laughs> like the way even when he like jumps, like it looks like that. You know how Dante has like that specific kind of narrow jump that he does, like that. Yeah, just looks like devil may cry. Yeah, I I I just saw that just as you mentioned it. Yeah, um, it it looks like devil may cry. Devil may cry. Um, uh, with a with a with a slightly different fashion sense, yeah. Um, the thing is, um, in terms of like what I'm excited for seeing this year, um, besides the the Monkey King game, uh, or a theoretical Metroid game release, um, I would like to see B level movie not movies, but B-level games make a comeback. It, it, it kind of seems like, it, it kind of seems like anymore, it's all about either the triple A's or the indies. And there's like a, a like a huge like gap in the middle. Uh, and I, and I, I, I truly feel like um, the, the B-level games is where all the creativity comes from. If you want B-level games, just buy an Xbox. I was going to say THQ Nordic games. <laughs> so you messed up my joke, Anthony. God damn it. Um, I don't know. There, there's. I definitely understand that feeling. I th- think we've started to see towards the end of, I guess, the end of the PS4 cycle, we started to see that again, specifically with THQ Nordic. Um, but to be fair, THQ Nordic owns like every game company out there, so... Uh, well, they're uh, Coke Media does, yeah. Well, it's it's Embracer or group. whatever or Embracer Group, right? Yeah. That's oh, I can, they change their name every five minutes. Um, I'm gonna say because like BioMutant, BioMutant looks rad. I ain't gonna lie. Oh yeah, I mean I've been waiting for that. That's all a bunch. Or that's a bunch of um, ex Avalanche people, or was anyways. Uh, Maneater was a pretty. I wouldn't call that. Uh, that was Tripwire. So yeah, it was, I mean. That's a pretty B tier game, which if you haven't played it, Gambus, you need to play Man Eater. Man Eater was Man-Eater. awesome. Man Eater. It t- take the It's a shark the, PG. Yeah, yeah, it's a shark PG that feels like you're playing an underwater version of Tony Huck's Pro Skater. Yeah. It's, it's that game and it's getting DLC this summer. I'm totally there. Oh that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. I love Man Eater. That game is Oh, you've Chris not played Parnell. a game yet. Yeah, play Man. Chris Parnell's lines in that game are fantastic. Yeah, I still love Man Eater. I'm looking forward to Biomutant. <sighs> I mean, I don't even know what's coming out. What? Well, here's here's a big question: What's E3's back? Yeah. What are you looking forward to seeing? It? What do you think we're gonna see? We ain't gonna see Sony because they ain't coming. <sighs> Hopefully we'll see some uh, footage of uh, Halo Infinite that actually inspires some confidence. <laughs> what, you don't like Craig? <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, man, because I love Halo and I want this new game to be good so bad. <laughs> and I just have zero confidence. It's it's so bad, too, because not only is it like 343's kind of last chance to make a good Halo game, but it's yeah. kind of like Microsoft's first big first party game for their new console. Yeah. Talk about a little yep. bit of pressure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, a lot of people will play it because it'll be included in Game Pass. but And the multiplayer's free even if you don't have Game Pass. Right. So, like, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people playing it, but the question is, is it going to be any good? I hope so. Man, it needs to be really good. That's the worst part, is at this point, it doesn't even need to just be good. It needs to be really good. Really good, yeah. Yeah. Because so far... Took 343, what, four years to make the Halo Master Chief Collection work? Halo 4 was okay, (laughs) and Halo 5 was not good. That story in Halo 5, I know I've said it before, is fucking awful. Oh, it's garbage. It's straight garbage. Yeah, it's real garbage. Played it. Well, they, so apparently they can just make Spartans again. Sure, <sighs> sure. That doesn't totally remove kind of the whole premise of this fucking series. Do you remember that when you would find like a hidden terminal, it would take you out of the fucking game and load up an app on your Xbox? Uh, I <laughs> tried to fucking forget it. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Halo 5 was a bad video game. The multiplayer I hear was incredible, but I'm kind of like... Okay, so as someone that really, like, that's the only sort of first-person shooter I liked playing online. It was okay. The problem was is it didn't feel like Halo multiplayer. It felt more like a dumbed-down version of Call of Duty's... Um... Warzone? No, 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 no. Modern. Oh, you're talking. If you're talking the big one with the card system, I never played that. What that was, was that? Not... No, Warzone's their battle royale. What is that? I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of what it's called. The the, the card game in in Halo was was not whatever it was called. Um, was was not of interest to me. I played the standard sort of deathmatch modes. Yeah, Halo the game big team battle the game was my jam. But the the yeah. and that's what where most people got their joy out of the that series. Of course, there was big team battle and then team battle, and then there was a the new mode in Halo Five that allowed you to use those disposable weapon cards. Oh yeah, um, but also had a like like it was PvPVE. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I never played that. I had zero interest. I think um, I played a couple was, matches of that, and I just couldn't get into it. The 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 problem with the the multiplayer in Halo Five um, looked pretty, ran well. It just because they decided that iron sights were necessary, and all this other like all the changes they did to the controls made that game feel different. Because as I described, sort of Halo Three, it felt like a slower version of something like unreal right so you had all these weapons around the map you would kind of run to them but the characters didn't move nearly as fast you didn't you weren't sort of bunny hopping everywhere um it was this slower paced sort of team shooter and i love that about it and then of course there was you know maps that had vehicles there was maps that you know were very um claustrophobic and yeah, you had those feelings, but they tried to be Call of Duty. And at that point, Call of Duty was doing the wall running and all that stuff. And here's a game that's like, you can float and you can dash. And I, this isn't Halo. This is something else. And like, I understand trying to put it forward, but like some, what they did in four 
with the like special abilities that you could change out is a far better take than what they did with five. Um, yeah, it, it like it wasn't a bad, it wasn't bad, it wasn't a bad multiplayer game. It just, it wasn't what most people would have been looking for out of a Halo. Oh, man, Halo Five was a fucking mess, and I waited I, outside at midnight to pick up that fucking game. Halo Five was so bad, other than the clip that is on my Xbox of Killer Wolverine killing himself with his own grenade <clears throat> on a jump pad. Oh, <laughs> that video is one of my favorite. So he throws a grenade. It shoots it, across the jump pad, hits and, the other jump pad, and he hits it in the midair. No, he he throws oh. it. It hits a jump pad. It goes across the map. He then goes into the jump pad, jumps over, lands on his own grenade, and it kills him. Oh, fucking good luck. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite <laughs> game capture clips I've ever caught in my life because I can just hear all of us laughing, even though you can't hear it in the video. I can just hear all of us laughing when that happened. <laughs> because that is such a killer Wolverine move. Like takes me back to the, the fucking burnout game where all you would see constantly on the screen was Killer Wolverine crashed. He would just wreck every five seconds. And so I'm looking up games that are coming out this year, looking kind of for weirder stuff. Um, I know I'm a fan of this. I don't think anybody else is. Aragami 2. Oh, I did not like that first. Like They wanted it to be like cel-shaded Tenchu, and it just I love that game. I don't like that game. Um, uh, Axiom Verge 2, which is an indie title, of course. Uh, I don't really like the look of that game, but uh, if it plays anything like the first game, I'm in. Um, oh my god, there's a lot. Blood Bowl 3, for those that like Blood Bowl. Uh, I think Blood Bowl is one of those games that people claim they like, but nobody actually plays. Bright Memory. I played the demo of that game, and I don't think it's great. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see the full game, I guess. I mean, just be fair. And that demo is not like a 10-minute demo. It's like a like an hour or two. Like, they actually sold no, yeah, it. It's like, yeah, it's like five bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, these don't have actual dates attached, because if I go through the dates area, you're it's kind of boring. Everything's um, delayed. Not that, too. Uh, Earth Defense. Speaking of double weight or lot or B tier or whatever, Earth Defense Force Six. Oh, speaking of delays, uh, did you know Fall Guys got delayed for uh, Xbox and PlayStation? Well, it was announced. Really? For, it was announced for PlayStation this week, but it was delayed uh, for Xbox into like later in the year. Huh. So, which is bad because from what I hear, that game is a ghost town. Uh, yeah, I haven't. Uh, it's been forever since my son has booted it up. So, like people playing that on PC and Switch, I guess, are saying that it's a ghost town. And and with this Xbox and PlayStation version, they were adding crossplay, and they really need some players in that game. Fall Guys. Hmm. They're adding a PlayStation version of Fall Guys. They already had one. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Among Us was announced for PlayStation. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among Us isn't should yeah, be a ghost town. Uh, no, uh, Fall Us, Guys was Fall Guys. Fall Guys launched into play, uh, or Plus. was on PlayStation Plus, right? That's yeah. right. Uh, the Switch, sorry, Switch and Xbox are delayed. Yeah, That's what okay. it was. I get Among Us and Fall Guys, and I know they're nothing alike, so don't. Jump no, but on they're me. both figures. I understand. Yeah. They, and they can't. 
and they both hit popularity around the same time. So I'm not like surprised. Um, sorry, Edge of Eternity is a I guess indie RPG. Supposedly uh, like pretty inspired good. by Final Fantasy or something. Oh, very clearly inspired by Final Fantasy, but it's more of like a classic RPG rather than Final Fantasy is. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of going through to see what there is that's not like AAA stuff. Because there's a lot. I want to know when. I want to know when those Xbox games that they announced are coming out. Um, what is it? The Ascent and the Gunk. Oh, I forgot about the Gunk. I want to play both of those games, and I have no idea when they're coming. Remember that other fucking like eager porn game? What was it? Scorn. Scorn. Yeah, I have a few. I kind of thought that was going to be. I'm not saying it's vaporware, but I didn't see that coming out anytime soon that game I feel like that's the game me. that's going to come out and it's going to die instantly only because it's been talked about for so long like they were paying for advertisement on uh, Easy Allies for a while yeah like I, saw, every month. I so, saw somebody tweet at them the other day and they said look we're we're working on the game we're just not talking about it and I'm like oh that's not good that game that game oh, this is this is a poll that game reminds me of a title whose name I cannot remember, of course. Um, and I look it up sometimes just to see if anything happened with it. And the story has not come out yet, but there's a game in the Steam Greenlight era, which is weird because it only feels like a couple of years ago. But um, and it was kind of like a an alien isolation game and. Was the idea was that there's robots that you were like going through this abandoned space station, and it was like the first like oh my god, Steam Greenlight might actually be a thing, and that game never came out. They talked about it for years; they were clearly working on it, and then something must have happened behind the scenes, and it's just dead. And that's kind of how I looked at Scorn. Like it, 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 it for some reason gave me the same vibe. Now, if they come out awesome, uh, try to. I feel like they're going to have to fight with agony over the visuals. I don't think anybody has to fight with agony. Yeah, no, I meant like fight the the terrible press that agony had. Like, is this not that game that was really bad? Like, no, that was agony. Agony's got a sequel coming out. Fuck off. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I got a press release about it. Yeah. Um, Oh, the game was called Routine. That's what it was. And if anybody wants to see a really good pitch go look up the routine trailer because oh my god it felt like the perfect horror game and it just i can tell you um, about an awful experience i had this week so genshin i i genshin impact is out on playstation and this week they put out a patch for the ps5 version let me ask you a question if you had genshin impact installed on your ps4 ryan maybe you did this um you got the 1.5 patch and it just installed, right? Uh, I haven't, I haven't booted it up in a while, but probably. Okay, so that's not the PS5 version, by the way. Okay. So what happened is, so this is what happened. So I got the patch. It says it's 1.5, which is supposedly the PS5 version. So I downloaded it. I started playing it. I was like, huh, this looks the same. I don't really see a difference. So I went on Twitter and I said, hey, 
is Genshin Impact's patch just making it PlayStation 5 compatible, or does it have its own app? And everybody on Twitter is like, it has its own app. Look for it in the store. So I go to the store. I go to the PlayStation 5 section, right? There's Genshin Impact. I open that app in the store. Now, granted, remember, I still have Genshin Impact PS4 installed on my hard drive. I open Genshin Impact on the PS5 store. It says play. I'm like, okay, so are you thinking the one that I have on my hard drive is the game? What I had to do was I had to delete um, Genshin Impact PS4 version and re-download the PS5 version. Otherwise, it would not give me the option to download the PS5 version. Wow, that's weird. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because even somebody on Twitter said, no, you can keep both versions installed if you want. I was like, number one, why would you ever want to do that? Yeah, why would you want to do that? Number two, why can't I just download the PS5 version or why can't the PS4 version just upgrade and make me move it over... Oh my god. What a fucking nightmare. Like, how many people have downloaded that patch for the PS4 version and just assumed it was the PS5 version? They're not even playing the PS5 version. Yeah, it's really weird. And you know how, like, some games have that, if you hit the three little dots, it'll say switch to PS5 version? Genshin Impact doesn't even even have that. That's super weird. Yeah, I I don't... Sony, you fucking up with this. Your your system, your your system UI sucks. Sucks. Yeah. Fix it. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. You had you, did you have more games? Uh, the only one that like really stands out as a game that isn't like a AAA that we're waiting for because I saw Ghostwire Tokyo and all that stuff. But you know, like all the games that have been announced that are AAA, I kind of ignored. But, like, we're still waiting on... Uh, this is a double A, I would say. Shadow Warrior 3? Oh, yeah, but that's PC only. What was it again? Shadow Warrior 3. Oh. Yeah, it's PC only right now. Hopefully they'll announce a console version. Well, it's like Serious Sam 4? Is PC and Stadia only? Oh. So it's PC only. Cool. Um, <laughs> Stadia. <laughs> Did you know that they just added a search bar? Well, yeah, but the joke is is that they didn't need it before because all your games could fit on one page. Well, so, yes, <laughs> that was, that's, <laughs> that, and it's fucking by the people that made the search bar. Basically. Yeah, the search bar people didn't have a search bar in their game bar. system. Fucking hell, man. Google Stadia <laughs> somehow got um, all of the... What what is that company called? Jason probably knows this. the The Trails of Cold Steel, Steel people, Falcom or Falcom. Falcom, uh, yeah, yeah. They got all of those games on Stadia. What was it Trails of Cold Steel Four? Yeah, but they're all on PC already, so it's not that hard to do. Yeah, but there's a bunch of PC games that are not on Stadia. You're right, but like you, I'm pretty sure that all those are done by uh, NIS America, Nisa. So. I think the only place those games don't exist now is on Xbox. Phil, what are you doing? I think you're talking about the Stadia bar. I think I saw a thing on Twitter, if I'm remembering it correctly, the other day from a journalist that said, I started to write an article about Stadia getting a search bar as a joke and then realized this thing kind of (laughs) sucks. So then they felt compelled to write an article about it because it sucked. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah, God. Stadia is... Mm. 
I played it a couple times and it works, but it's like I don't I don't want to play my games that way. That's the back of the box right there for you. I mean, it's true. It Zero works. tolerance says <laughs> it, it works, works, but I don't <laughs> want to play it this way. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I tried. Um, I've I've streamed games on PlayStation now, and it's like the lag is not terrible, but it's enough for you to go. I don't want to play this. Like, and this. I played so back before the PlayStation Four came out. I streamed Saints Row Two just to try it. I like rented Saints Row Two on PlayStation Now on my Vita just to see what, how it was. And I was impressed with what it was, but I wasn't impressed enough to play all what a significant amount of Saints Row 2 all, all that way. I was like, this would be better if, you know, internet was better, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, even if you're in it, so I have a, a great internet and I have my PlayStation 4 or my PlayStation 5 hardwired. And even then, I still get lag and drops in in like image quality. And I've got like 400 down, internet-wise. Which is way above what streaming should require. So, PlayStation now just seems very hit and miss with like streaming games. Now, Stadia looked really good. Like, the image quality on Stadia was really good. But I could still feel the lag, and every now and then you just get kind of like a weird hitch when you were playing. And if you're playing a game that requires any kind of like like consistency, like for aiming, moving, anything like that, input latency, it just ain't gonna fly. Everybody died. As someone that just re-downloaded a bunch of stuff from PS3 for PS3 from the PlayStation Network, it really doesn't matter how fast your internet is. Um, as I have better internet now, and I'm hardwired, and uh, PlayStation, PlayStation's the fact that PlayStation said that the internet, like playing online, should be free. Okay, and then they started making you pay for it, and I feel like they never put that money back into their network. In the slightest. Did you see that the the PlayStation Network went down on the anniversary of the hack? God bless. What's what's funny about it is journalists were so quick to write a story. By the time their stories went live, the network was back up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's fine. Like it works. I'm not. I'm not like it's way better than it used to be, but it's nowhere near as good as it should be. Like, the, my speed should not be throttled by something out of my control. Like, if my internet's not slow and I'm hardwired to the router, there's no reason why a a download that is megabytes, like 300 megabytes, takes as long as it does. Now, to be fair, it's not like an absurd amount of time until you download the same size file on on my computer, which is also hardwired, and it's seconds, not minutes. I want to show. I want to tell you about the worst thing you can download. So, there are apps that update when your Xbox updates, like the Rewards app, the Avatar app, things like that. Those things are like eighty megabytes. They probably take a minute and a half to finish. And I don't know what causes it, but it's just weird to watch it sit there and download at like a hundred k a second for a while. 
then all of a sudden just boom, download everything, and then sit at 99% for like 30 seconds. It's so weird. I don't understand how the internet works. Like I could download a 50 gigabyte game in like less than 20 minutes, but like it takes me two minutes to download 80 megabytes. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. And then, I'm and not... then on the PlayStation, you still get the copying. I don't know if you if you've noticed this a lot, Ryan, but like I got a patch for Oddworld the other day, and like literally took like thirty seconds to download the patch, and like a minute and a half to copy it. <laughs> copy it? Yeah, I know. It drives me up a wall. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like three hundred megabytes. Why does it take a minute and a half to copy to a fucking NVMe SSD? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not promoting corp- uh, corporate espionage, except I am. Someone needs to go and steal <laughs> someone needs to go and steal whatever black magic Steam uses. To, it, like, downloading something on Steam, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a while. You know, it's 20 gigs and it's like, it's going to be 10 minutes. Like, how the fuck does it manage that? Dude, my Steam downloads are faster than my internet. Yeah, I don't know how it fucking happens. They need people go and steal whatever they're doing. God yeah, damn. I don't. I don't understand it. Like my Xbox downloads cap out at about two forty-five, three hundred. My Steam downloads like max out at like five twenty, and I don't even have that speed. Yeah. Steam is mad. It's like trying to. It's like trying to download anything on Google Chrome. It takes like ten years. Oh my god download anything. That's because whenever you boot up Google Chrome, it eats like 60% of your computer's memory. Well, yeah, and you've got a, there's like a, a there's a, um, what do they call their like, the stuff that they're not ready to release yet um, that you can access in Google Chrome um, experiment, the experimental settings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those that you can change to make your downloads faster, and it's like, Dude, just turn that on by default. Like, why do I have to go into some weird experimental settings meeting or menu to turn this on? Yeah, I will never understand the whole, like, well, you got to do this and this and this and this and this to make this thing work the way you think it should fucking work. Right. God damn it. I don't understand the, the, the need for tech confusion. Yeah, I don't either. <sighs> Drives me crazy. Well, I don't, I don't have anything else unless anybody has anything else. And we don't ever get Gambus on, and I feel like he was underutilized. Thanks, listeners. Nah, I still love you all. Wait, we vamped and no one sent in. I don't have anything, dude. Like literally, the last retweet was fifty-four minutes ago. I don't know what is happening with people. Tell me, I suck. Do something, (laughs) fucking people. (laughs) Send in tweets. At least, at least open the conversation. Like, Tell me I, I suck. I mean, it's listen, at this point, it's been established that someone's going to say it every month, if not sooner. It's just disappointing that there is no tweet today. I've got a little bit of a conversational starter. Please. Um, are any of you familiar with the concept of the Raspberry Pi? Of course. Oh yeah, I've got a couple of them. Nice. I was I, I've been doing a lot of research about them lately, and uh, I think it's something that I want to I want to get into. Get yourself yeah. accustomed to RetroArch. 
Oh yeah, I was thinking about um because it's because it's such a a cheap um computer basically. I was thinking about basically getting one to use as a computer, one for uh retro gaming and uh maybe eventually one to make a uh maybe like a little robot or something out of <laughs> only you would make a robot out of a raspberry pi. Hey, it's it's been done already. Oh, I'm sure it has. I have no doubts about it, but it just it makes me chuckle because like when I think Raspberry Pi, I think of like let's play some Super Nintendo or Genesis games. You're like, let's make a fucking robot. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I've I've actually bought a couple books about the subject, and uh, it it's almost. In a way, it's almost like a an inventor's dream little contraption. I mean, it's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities of the different things that it can do, and it's uh, it, for a pretty reasonable price point. Um, it just seems like a pretty pretty awesome thing that's been uh, uh, basically invented over the last uh, ten years. I think it came out in uh, twenty twelve was when the was when the first series of Raspberry Pis came out, and uh, I mean it's uh, it's got its own foundation, um, uh, basically advertising like like uh, computer education for for children and stuff like that. It just it just seems like a really cool a really cool uh, thing to get into. Yeah, I've got um, I've got a Pi Zero that I um, put into an old uh, Super Mario Brothers NES cartridge um, with a uh, USB, um, what do you call it? Uh, The only word that's coming to my head is multi-tap. You know, Uh yeah, like a, a a USB hub. Thank you. Um, and so I turned, I turned a, um, Mario Brothers NES cartridge into a emulation computer. Um, and then I've got a Raspberry Pi 4, 4 gig, uh, RAM, uh, as well that, um, I haven't done too much with yet. I, I put the OS on it so I could use it as a computer. Um, I eventually, it eventually will go into an arcade cabinet, which I've got to buy the arcade cabinet, which is a long-term plan. But uh, yeah, I love I love the Raspberry Pi. I think they're awesome. I need to get a standalone, and I wonder if the Pi is the right way to go because right now I've got a super long HDMI cable running from my PC to my TV, and I would like to just put something under the TV. But Raspberry Pi probably your way to go. What what's what's the what's the cutoff though? Like on emulation, what's the system cutoff? Uh, it depends on which one you get. I've got the four gig Pi, and it. Uh, I don't know if I haven't. I haven't put any emulators on it yet. How far do you? So want I don't to go know. It, I would it like... may run PlayStation One. See, that's not far enough for me. I'd want to go uh, GameCube. Um, I, actually, I think uh, I think that there was a Dreamcast emulator on on a pi i'm not totally for sure but could be i, I thought i saw uh raspberry pi playing uh marvel versus capcom 2 i mean i my pc will run anything um 
I've run GameCube at 4K. So, like, I don't need to do that, but I would like to be able to run those games without issue. Like, I run Dreamcast, I run PlayStation 1. I don't bother with PS2. I would like to do PS2, but RetroArch doesn't support PS2, and I'm kind of looking for a all-in-one kind of thing. I know PS2 is coming to RetroArch, but God knows when. So, part of the problem there is that a lot of those late, like PS2 is the easiest one to emulate because uh, it's the weakest of the consoles from that time. Sure. Uh, But even that right now, is still not where it needs to be. There's still issues Um, like N64. There's still issues. Um, GameCube just requires a lot of processing power from what I was just looking at. They have gotten it working on a Raspberry Pi 4, but that there's still issues with it, and there's going to be for quite some time. So I, I don't know if you're going to have something... like It needs a pretty beefy PC to run GameCube and uh, PlayStation 2. No one seems to be emulating the original Xbox, but I'm just, that's in there. Yeah, I have no interest in emulating the original Xbox, and it's... I don't there's not much well, on there that I couldn't play on my play Series on... X that I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... But it's uh, it's just more of the the amount of, like, actual processing power. I don't think you can fit in the Raspberry Pi here. I might be happy just going up to Dreamcast. Uh, honestly, like, for the amount that it'll do, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, because Dreamcast is emulated pretty easily. So... Yeah, Dreamcast was always pretty easy to, st- for lack of a better word, to steal. It's yeah. a very basic PC. <laughs> yeah. So, I have heard rumors that a new Raspberry Pi might come out sometime this year. I'll tell you I what. I assume it would be expensive just because of chip shortages. I will tell you what. Right. If they were easily accessible and easy to find, you know what I hear is like the best little box put under your TV for emulation? I swear to God, if you give that fucking the name of whatever Ryan mentioned. The, the no, 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 not the Super Console X. <laughs> An Xbox Series S. Yeah, because the emulation, because it's a power enough uh, PC to... Uh, if you put in the developer mode, you could install a bunch of emulators. Yeah, it's like was it like yeah. twenty bucks or something to to unlock developer mode, and then you just I believe so. Yeah, you could just run like RetroArch and emulators on it, and apparently it handles games pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it, really? that that's really the only thing that's stopping a Raspberry Pi from doing higher consoles is that it's because like the Dolphin emulator. Most, if not everything, works well. Like you can get Wii stuff to work on it. So, um, and high resolutions that the Wii couldn't put out. Uh, so, I mean, it's just at that point you are you just need the power to do it. Like PlayStation Two is still not perfect. Like I cannot get, uh, I could not get uh, We Love Katamari to run very well. Like the 3D portion of it ran fine, but it crashed. Uh, the um, uh, bitmap images were not were not working properly, um, so it was very odd. 
that like you know because Katamari doesn't really require a lot to run, um, but it wasn't just the emulation wasn't there yet. That yeah. was years ago, mind you, at this point. And truthfully, I don't really care about running the HDMI cable for my PC. My problem is is that when something crashes, and if you do any kind of emulation, things will crash. Uh, I have to get up and go over to the PC and like reset all the shit, and that's just kind of a pain in the ass. Mm. I'm just looking for simplicity more than anything else. Because my PC can handle whatever I throw at it. Nice. Someday down the road, I would like to build a PC, a, a gaming PC. I don't even feel... Yeah. Like, building a PC now sucks because you can't get the fucking good video cards right now. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, by the time I would be actually able to afford to do something like that, it'd probably be like a year from now, maybe more, and you know, things might be different by then. It's possible. I, I wonder... This pandemic has caused these chip shortages, so like... Video cards, Xboxes, Playstations are all a pain in the ass to get right now. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I, I've said this, um, I've been saying this since the beginning of the pandemic. I think that uh, that the next uh, several years is going to be a uh, era of um, uh, a lot of innovation. Um much more innovation than what would have originally happened if the pandemic never started. Yeah. I I feel that that because of the uh isolation and because of uh limited resources, I think that a lot of people have basically uh been forced to uh think more creatively and conservative conservatively uh, in in terms of technology, and I feel that because because of that, that um, people will actually be able to squeeze more uh, more processing power, or be able to do more things with less um, with less hardware than normally. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this pandemic is quote unquote over yeah i mean uh the, the world has changed so much i mean there's there's no way that we can go all the way back to the way we were much much less how like so like a big huge event like world war one or world war two you know nothing will ever be the same but but i think that there'll be i think there'll be a time where there'll be kind of like a an, a time of celebration of at least getting back to something that resembles normalcy and and i i think uh i think much better days are still yet ahead of us so well I mean, we got to uh, we got to hope right now right <laughs> yeah, yeah. cuz the last the last 12 to 13 months have been kind of shitty <laughs> right so i uh, I'm optimistic about the next few years, so that's that's just how I'm trying to approach it. I mean, that's that's the best way to approach it because it's just it's been so bad for what seems like forever now. I do enjoy the fact that the world has learned that you can work from home. That's been a beautiful thing. Like I, I knew, especially in what I do for a living, 
so many companies are hesitant to hire people remotely, even if they're more qualified for the job, because they feel yeah. like not being in the office is not a good thing. But I mean, the place that I work has seen increasement increases in productivity over the pandemic. That's that's great. So it's entirely possible to work remotely, and I think a lot of companies have learned that. Yeah, if you can, uh, if if you're able to do it, um, I definitely that uh, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, I can work in my PJ pants. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we never did get any tweets, but that's okay. I'm just happy to have a conversation with GambusCon, regardless. Also, hey, it's been fun. Also, Drew and John, ha ha! You fuckers didn't get to be here for this, ha ha. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's it for the show. Next week, you should tweet at us. And don't tweet questions to Gambus Khan because he's probably not going to be here. Y'all missed out. Yeah, you can, y'all missed your chance. You can tweet at us at N4G Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Jason is at Gambus Khan. Ryan is at WombatRP. And, or, fuck, did I mess it up? Nope, you didn't mess it up. Okay. I, I, have, I don't know why I have trouble remembering your new Twitter name. It, it's been years now. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at ZTGD. You can follow the site at ZTGD content. If you want to shoot us an email again, which you didn't do, I gave you an hour notice that this was going to be a good show. We're now two hours in. That's three hours of time. You could have said something. But this podcast is DTGD.com. Uh, and Phoenix Down, I think they're getting close to the end of Lost Odyssey. I have no idea. I think Drew said maybe one or two more episodes. I think it might be an abyss. Just time falling out of their hands. What's hilarious is like they're doing another Yakuza after this game, right? They're psychopaths, or what they are, yeah. <laughs> and then I can't remember the game after the Yakuza game. But it's but another big, long stupid, too. long game, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> Oh, this was the year of three games or whatever. <laughs> no, that was... They've done better. They've played more JRPGs this year than they did. Still, that's a lot, man. Yeah, but they only played like four games <laughs> that year. The last game that I tackled that, that was that big was Like a Dragon. And I loved it, but god damn, I needed a break after I was finished. Fucking... Ridiculously long games, man. They're... They wear on you. They will wear on you. It's true. As I say that as somebody who has 108 days logged in Overwatch. Good lord. Have mercy. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, Xbox started tracking time again on games, and I looked up my Overwatch numbers. <laughs> It's bad news, Ken. Oh, I'll give you an accurate count right now. 108 days, 10 hours, 35 minutes. Wow. That's insanity, man. This this isn't a problem at all. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone, Anthony. Leave me alone. I like the video game. It makes me happy. Although the last two times I've played, I have just not had good games i think I by lost. the way did, did i know i'm not i don't know why, why would i do this why why would i do this to myself 
did you even talk about Jeff Kaplan leaving last week? I thought we did, didn't we? I don't remember, man. I probably zoned out for it. I think Drew and I talked about it. Yeah, Papa Jeff, he left. It it's hurts. All downhill from here. It hurts, man. I mean, I'm cool with the guy that took over. Like he's been there since day one. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. And I heard I didn't talk about it in the news because you all fuckers give me shit every time I talk about Overwatch. But he was in an interview recently. Apparently, they're making the biggest change they've made to the game since launch. Uh, very soon. <laughs> <clears throat> I just picture him. This is the biggest change we're doing. And he walks over Twitch, servers up. Oh, we're done. <laughs> Dude, I would cry. You have no idea. <laughs> I would literally sit in a corner and weep for for several hours if I did no, not have. He hits a button. You just it starts up Team Fortress too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, this this is probably the scariest thing I could say about this game, Anthony, and it'll make you cringe. If somebody hit the reset button on that game and reset everything I've ever don't, done, don't don't no. You're, you're gonna say you you do it all again. I do it all again. No, you're not a god. God, why? Man. Every single thing I would do again. Uh, I would I would build myself back up in my ring. I would collect all my skins. Uh, so wrong, man. Oh, so dude, wrong. <laughs> I've played so much of that game. I could probably play it with my eyes closed. I've played it so much. <laughs> I'd probably be in like silver rank, but I, I'd still, I could still play it. Sound like a man that's done a bunch of drugs. Yes. <laughs> uh, sound like an addict. You know what? 108 <laughs> days, 10 hours, closed, and 35 I've minutes. so much, man. Dude. You realize I have cooldowns for all 30 plus characters memorized in my head? What do you mean by that? So, like, when you use an ability in that game, I don't even have to look at the 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 UI to tell when it's when it's off cooldown. Wow! Like, I just know it second nature. It's like the force. Like, I can tell you. Like, don't I can go into cool. I can Amos. go into a fight with somebody <laughs> and and plan out my attacks to know when the cooldowns are going to release, so I know how to plan to go in to do something. That sounds like a sickness, man, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, I ain't no different than somebody who plays, like, MMOs for people still playing World of Warcraft, you know? Ain't no different. Yeah. Yeah, same company. <laughs> same guy started it, and he just left. <laughs> anyway, that's show this week, unless anybody has anything else. We'll get out of here, and this week I don't have to insert the audio, because he could just do it live, motherfuckers. Yeah, this is a live... This is going to be a very interesting episode. 